two pals, two video game pals. We both went for the weekend that one time. I mean, we <laughs> both went for the intro that one. Can you tell? I'm already, I'm out. I'm out of it. I'm out. <laughs> I'm unable to continue. <laughs> oh, well, you know, we, we lasted a solid 20 seconds. That's, uh, you know. I think that was like, in terms of the recording, I've got, yeah, 20 seconds. You're right. I don't know. Oh, it's because we did the countdown and now we're here. Okay, right. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm Daz. I'm Joe's caretaker for this yep. evening. Um, I will be making sure he gets his meals at the right time. He gets his exercise uh, daily. Yeah, um, he fills the little water thing in my cage that drips water every so often. <laughs> yeah, that's Make right. sure I have fresh sawdust. Yeah, we'll, we'll sometimes spike the water with a serotonin and dopamine compound just to make yep. sure, you know, all those chemicals are going all right up there in the noggin. Yep, yep. Let me tell you, they're going real good. They're going <laughs> real good. This week, been eating good video games. <laughs> yeah? yeah? You've been you've been having good eating. Uh, dude, I feel like gamers in general this this week especially have been... We'll get into some of it in the news, but um, yeah, there's uh, there's been some good stuff happening. Oh, oh my God. Tell me, tell me about your personal experience. So, I mean, I've been playing the, the game of the week. The game oh, of yep. the month. Mm-hmm. That Citizen Sleeper. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to talk about it. I got some notes. Sick. I got some feelings. I have some thoughts. <laughs> um, and I'll be, I actually started playing Destiny again. Oh wow! Like the first Destiny? No, Destiny Two. Oh yeah. What's What's that look like these days? Um, it's looking pretty crazy. It's okay, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> the returning, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod before. I, I, I can tell how sick I sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, I'm just like overriding it in my brain. It's like okay. sexy instead of sick. You're like naked. You've got some yeah. satin sheets going on. There's like petals descending from wow. the the ceiling. Like rose petals, not bicycle petals, you know. Oh, when, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Pe- yeah. Petals, not petals. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I can make my voice go quite deep if I wanted to. Like we can, we can do the whole podcast down here. Oh my god! Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down. You do, you do whatever you like. But uh, yeah, tell me how, how Destiny Two is faring. Yeah. Okay. So the returning user experience, and even I would say the first time user experience. Although I don't know, I can't account for what that's like um, these days. But mm-hmm. you boot the game up, right? <laughs> yeah. First things first, you pick your character that you had made years ago. You forget what they look like. You forget their name. You forget mm-hmm. what class they are. How many classes are in the game? We don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> at this point, at this point, you're too deep already. Yeah. Um, from there, it immediately gives you a cutscene for the things that you've missed. Mm. Like big mm-hmm. story-breaking cutscenes, if you had no idea. Like if you hadn't beaten the previous, you know, free-to-play campaign doesn't matter. You get the most up-to-date cutscenes. Right, Spoil- okay. Spoiling you immediately upon opening. <laughs> okay, yeah. Who's the who's this new big bad? Doesn't matter. He's here and he just killed the main character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then, after those cutscenes play, it boots you into the most um, recent like little preview 
uh, gameplay section for the current DLC that you can buy. So every DLC has like a little intro story cutscene uh, game that you can play. Mm-hmm. Like the first level of the DLC it gives you for free, it gives you a little taster platter. Oh yeah, okay. Um, and it just boots you into the most recent one of those, regardless of what your gear is like, regardless of if you remember how to play, what the buttons are, <laughs> what the menus do, any of anything. It just throws you in, and then there's aliens shooting at you, and you are <laughs> forced to contend with this. Um, you can leave, though you don't know how. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, that's that's the returning user experience, and that's just the first like ten minutes. From there, wow. it's, it's it gets much worse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so did you make it past that first ten minutes? I did. Yeah, I kept going. I was playing with some friends, a friend who's been playing Destiny for a year and a half now, and uh, right, right. I was able to be guided somewhat uh, haphazardly through the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so yeah, yeah. It is. It was very handy. I don't know if I would have been able to do it without them. Um, so yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. The amount of stuff there is in that game that they've added that they don't explain. Um, (laughs) it's crazy how much stuff it's, it's, it's impossible to know of the content that they show you, which is paid and which is free without first selecting it, you know, like, right. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, mouse over this and it will be like, Oh, there's a mission here. And it's like, Oh, but you got to pay. There's like little oh. checkboxes. Like, have you got this mission? No. Oh, too bad. You need to pay for this mission. Oh, I hate that shit. I mean, yeah. De- Destiny Two is free to play now, though, isn't it? It is, and there's several um, like PVP is free. There's a mode called Gambit, which is free, and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of like strikes, which are sort of like these multi-level um, experiences where you go in with a team of th- uh, between one and three and try to like kill the enemies and stuff. It's sort of like um, a little mini campaign, I guess, where it just sort of pits you against a bunch of enemies and gives you some puzzles. Um, okay. And, and okay. Uh, there's a series of those that are free as well. Plus, there's lo- like, this is what I'm contending with. I don't know how much of the original stuff is there and how much has been archived. Like, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff that's just like in the archive that you can't access that's like, that used to be there. Oh I don't know God. where it's happened. Yeah, anyway. Th- this sounds so messy. It's messy, but I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time shooting aliens with my friends. Hell yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. And so I was thinking about picking up the, um, there's like a, what would you call it? It's like a legacy pack where you get a bunch of the old missions uh, and story and stuff for like, for cheap, Uh um, on one of those dodgy key websites. (laughs) <laughs> yes. that I don't endorse as a video game developer, but here I am. Endorsing it. <laughs> endorsing it. Um, just because it's ludicrously expensive the way that they piecemeal deliver you content in that game, you know? Right, right. It's like 60 bucks for that, not... And that's like the, the base price, you know, not doing it on one of those dodgy key websites. On the, the dodgy key website's like 20 bucks. Yeah, um, dodge it up. And that, that, yeah, that's, that doesn't even include everything. That's just like all the old DLCs from years ago, from the beginning of time. And then it's like the Witch Queen, which is like, again, like 60 bucks. And then another new DLC, which again is like 60 bucks. And then the new one, which is like 80 bucks. Or so. It's just like all of these, <laughs> like basically full price games that they're selling to you as, you know, basically a few story missions. 
Oh, I don't know how they've done it. I don't know how Destiny and Bungie have gotten away with this. Yeah. But they have. They I seem mean, to be doing it all right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're raking it in. You heard it here. It's almost the weekend official stance. You're playing Destiny 2. Dodgy. Dodge it up. Dodge it up, yeah. people. Dodge it up with Joe. Yeah. Come get dodgy with me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's Destiny 2. Um, yeah, nice. I think I've been playing something else. Something. I'll it? tell you about what I've been playing, and if it, yeah. if it comes back to you, then I would we'll, love for you to tell me about what you've been playing. We'll slide right into it. Yeah. Um, I've just been chipping away at that Yakuza Zero, baby. Oh hell yeah! Um, and it's it's. Have you ever played? Have you played another Yakuza game after I you have. played? Right. Yeah. So, man. Yakuza 0 as a second game compared to Kiwami, like, I feel like it's a lot more reserved. Right. Um, even though it's still, like, pretty bonkers. It's, like, maybe not maybe not reserved. It's, like, balanced. Yeah. Like, it, it really... It knows when to apply the drama. It knows when to apply the action sequences. Like, it's less of, like, a crazy roller coaster and more like a normal roller coaster, <laughs> which is... Still a very good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I think I played six hours now. I did yeah, nice. like three hours of story and then I came across a Mahjong shop. Oh, God. And dude, I've been playing Mahjong for so many hours. <laughs> You've just I, forgotten the original game and now it's just Mahjong simulator. Oh, dude, I just loaded up, like run straight to the Mahjong shop and that's it. That's my Yakuza experience for the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> So every time I've been seeing you playing it on like Discord or whatever, it's like that you're actually not playing Yakuza Zero. You're just, you're just playing Mahjong. Exactly. Exactly. Great. Like, Great. oh my god, I played Mahjong a lot as a kid. Like in in primary school, I had a close friend whose parents were really into Mahjong, and like, it's just so fucking addictive. And so yeah, I'm just in it, and I'm like, you know, it's it's kind of like poker in Red Dead. Like you get all these really basic personalities that hang around at the club and they say the same shit, but it's just like kind of charming in that old school video gamey way. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Um, and so, yeah, just been smashing Mahjong. I don't know how I'm going to break out of the Mahjong cage and actually get to the rest of the game. Now we'll just have to see. (laughs) <laughs> what happens i guess if i run out of money i'll have to actually go and interact with the rest of the game yeah yeah right so you you it's like a gambling thing a little bit you can like put money on the table and win some money oh big time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right. and there's like um different tables with different difficulty levels and different stakes and um oh man the like cutscenes you get when you have a good hand or like <laughs> the wind gets stolen from underneath you it's so entertaining yeah the, all of the stuff that goes along with those yakuza games i find to be very entertaining they really like put the bells and whistles on most of it mm. mm-hmm. um, yeah it's great have you met majima yet mm, i don't think so Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so please go and meet Majima for me. Uh 
I'm surprised after six hours you haven't found him. So D- yeah, dude, I mean, I, I I've been a lot playing. Of been Mahjong. I've been playing a lot of Mahjong. Like okay. maybe that's actually two hours of story and four hours of Mahjong. Okay. I don't know. I feel like I've been like when I close my eyes, I see the Mahjong board. Wow. Okay. I love it. I love how there's like all of these, you know, Japanese gangsters basically being like, hey, we got to figure out what's going to happen with this um, vacant lot right now. There's like, this is time sensitive. Uh, And you're like, okay, let me just go play every possible iteration of Mahjong over here real quick. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, it really reminded me of Gwent in The Witcher where like... I remember for the first 20 hours, I didn't even play Gwen. I was just like, ugh, I don't want to play a fucking card game in this amazing yeah. RPG. And I started playing it and I was like, oh, the card game is actually the main storyline and the RPG yep. is like super tacked on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing that would make me happier about my Yakuza 0 experience is if there was some kind of like Mahjong token collection system. Um, yeah so there is um there's a slot car i think i mentioned it last time there's like a slot car side mini game which turns mm-hmm. into like a big story if you choose to progress it right um i think some of the other mini games like there's like the poker one and um uh, there's like a fishing one that all turn into side stories right cool. or have side stories like associated with them where you end up playing that mini game a lot Oh man. Well, yeah, hopefully I actually get into the thick of the game again. And when I come across that Mahjong side story, I'm just going to fucking decimate them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's one of the things that I really love about Yakuza is it's like, it's always there for you, you know, like that Mm. side, that side story stuff is great and playing 30 hours of Mahjong on on a casual weekend (laughs) is great. But anytime you want to go back to like the hard hitting, super dramatic, beautifully animated cutscene filled story extravaganza, it's there for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to say, I don't think I'll ever play GTA ever again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I think as well, like it is quite different. It's a bit harsh to compare them like that. But the idea of having a really small map that's super dense compared to like a really large map and like you know credit where credit is due gta maps are still actually pretty dense despite their size like the the detail is incredible in those gta games um but still just with yakuza having like you can run basically everywhere you need to go um and i love that i love just being like oh i've got to go over here and you just run there and you're there in like a minute I seem to remember, oh man, uh, what were they called? Shark cards or something like that? Hang on a minute. Let me just do a quick bit of... Game shark cards? No. So GTA... Oh, okay. So this was... We're sort of sliding to a bit of news here, but I saw that Forspoken reportedly cost about $100 million to make. I might have mentioned that last week. I can't remember. Forspoken. Not to be confused with something, something Forsaken. Forsaken Memories or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, GTA make about $800 million yearly Mm -hmm. just on transactions for their in-game currency. So that's not including, you know, like cosmetics or like people buying the game or like, you know, people buying other stuff associated with the game. They just spend this money on, it's called like shark cards, which is like money that you transfer to have money in the virtual world. My God. Yeah. I mean, that's... 
That's why there hasn't been a new GTA game in a really long time. Right. Like, yep. they're just fucking There's making no bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe that sum. 800 yeah. million. And like, for, yeah. for what it's worth, when GTA V released in 2013, it had the biggest video game budget on record at the time, which was 500 million US. And oh, that, yeah. a lot of that went to marketing and that kind of thing. But, like, yeah. now they're making more than that every year on a 10-year-old game. Like it's what? crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. That's great. That's yeah. I mean uh, good for Rockstar, I guess. Like you know, good for them, but crazy sums of money for for a game. I guess it's like a city simulator, you know, like everyone dream had used to dream about that kind of thing, right? Like True. True. When you're playing GTA three as a kid, being like, Hey, imagine if you could play this with me and we could run around, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um yeah. yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. I, the, the game that I played after Yakuza Zero was Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is a completely different game. Right. Is that one of the newer ones? Yeah, it's the new one. Uh, wait, no, there has been other ones by the same company, but it's the more recent one. And it's like yeah, basically okay. an RPG. Like they strip away a lot of the, uh, like the whole combat system is done away with. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 And it turns okay. into like a turn-based thing. It's freaking awesome, and I really want to keep playing it. Maybe I'll do that at some point. See, add it to yeah. the list, baby. Yakuza cast, let's go. Um, all right, dude, I got a fat shitload of chicken for you. Oh um, my god, I also have chicken. Oh fuck! All right, you you hip hip slap me across the face with your breast, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I have qu- I have a couple quick newses um, and then one slightly longer news. So let's just see how quickly we can get through the quick news and then we'll, <laughs> okay. we'll make a call on the longer news because <laughs> okay. it's not that exciting of longer news. All right. But I got to say, like, some of these news things I've been holding on to for weeks and we just talk about the news for too long and so I just, I just hold off. But this is the week. We're fucking... We're getting through this list. Okay, let me slam it then. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> resident evil 4 remake came out yesterday done oh. that's the news resident evil 4 remake done next piece of news <laughs> <laughs> okay but is have you heard good things because i'm yes. really interested in this one absolutely i'm very tempted to buy it after this pod and just play it all freaking day oh, no life at while i'm sick Oh, sick. That sounds amazing. Okay, all right. That's... Yeah, the Resident Evil remakes have been fantastic so far. I really want to play the Resi 3, but I played Resi 2 and I loved it. Um, yeah, Res- Resi 4, I played the, up to the part where you become a babysitter in the original and, um, and then I put it down. So I'm keen to see how they tackled it with the remake. Apparently it's not that bad. Cool. All right, all right. Great. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, mm-hmm. At GDC, Unreal uh, and Epic did a bunch of announcements. They basically announced a whole slew of features coming in UE 5.2. Mm. Um, there's a lot of stuff there with like procedurally generated um, uh, environment stuff, which looks fantastic. Uh, there's a bunch right. of stuff there with like motion capture face capabilities that have been um, that they've been working really hard on with their MetaHuman stuff. I don't know if you know about MetaHuman. Mm-mm. Uh, MetaHuman is basically just a, a, a character creator, a really advanced character creator for um, game devs. Okay. So it's a face, face creating solution um, for basically background characters, um, but you can also use it across the board. Like it's just a, a broad um, application facial rigging technique. Okay. I'm saying a lot of big words right now. It's just facial rigging, um, but very fancy. Cool. Okay. 
Um, so they, yeah, they announced a bunch of stuff to do with that. They're partnering with the people who make Senua's to do some really cool tech there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also announced, and I think this is really cool, but also extremely bonkers, um, is the Unreal Editor Fortnite is what they're calling it. UEFN. Wow. So is this like Super Mario Maker, but for Fortnite? Yep. Sick. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So it looks like, you know, it's basically like a simulacrum, very similar looking version of the Unreal Editor, but they've had heaps of functionality stripped out. um, Right. In favor of making it accessible to folks who would be interested in doing stuff with Fortnite. So it's got all of the Fortnite content there from the last, like, whatever, eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, You can make levels, you can create new functionality. You can add your own animations and characters. Oh, I you, fucking you love that. Game modes. Yeah, it, it looks amazing. And it's gonna it's like kinda like I'm waiting like a couple of weeks from now. I'm sure there's gonna be insane Fortnite mods essentially just available. Mm. Um and so it's kind of ideal timing. I really was a while ago looking at making like a spooky animation pack. So like making a bunch of freaky zombie animations for people's horror games. Oh, cool. Uh, that they could buy on the marketplace. And so I think now's the time I really should buckle down and do that so people can put spooky characters in their Fortnite mods. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And that's how I made my millions. Anyway, um, <laughs> the last piece of news is... The, at GDC, there was some awards. The GDCA, I think they're called GDC Awards. Okay. 2023. And I just wanted to run through some of them with you. And um, I was going to do, you know what? Let's just give it a go. Best debut game out of these ones. Out of these ones, what do you think is the best debut? Neon yeah, White. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norco, Stray, Tunic, or Vampire Survivors? Oh, there are actually some good games in there. Just based on... I haven't played all of those, obviously, but based on what I know about them, I'd probably go Neon White. Mm. No, it was actually Stray. Uh, that's... Yeah. For me, Stray looks like the worst of all those games. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to do, like, a academic dissection of Stray at some point. Anyway. Uh, best audio. Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Metal Hellsinger, or Stray? It's got to be God of War Ragnarok. That's right. Yeah. Best the design. Sound, oh, sorry, the, sound design, the sound design in the first one was amazing. So I'm just imagining more of the same. There was fantastic music in the in the follow-up. Ragnarok had a crazy soundtrack. Sick. Um, best design. Elden Ring. Marvel Snap. Neon White. Stray or Tunic. Best design. Oh, I mean, probably Tunic. Interesting. It was Elden Ring. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but I think Tunic has better design than Elden Ring. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, it's just, uh, it's real game devy, you know? Yeah. Like, it's beautiful, there are no words, it's all, like, just visual. Like, you turn on Elden Ring and, like, you get 40 million fucking tutorials. Or is this level design? Uh, it just says best design. Yeah, no, I definitely go Tunic over Elden Ring every day. Yeah, right. When's your um, three and a half hour long video essay dissecting uh, Adam by Adam Elden Ring's flaws? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the script is done, but every time I read it, I just get more and more demotivated and no. I write something else. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll just like put a youtube video out with a black screen and i'll just fucking read it out i don't know 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I feel like Elden Ring did a lot that was incredible, but it definitely isn't as innovative as all these awards would make it out to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair and valid. Best narrative, God of War Nag- uh, Nagnarok. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Best narrative, God of War Ragnarok. I was a teenage ex-colonist. Oh, Immortality, yeah. Pentiment, or Return to Monkey Island. Oh, man, I really hope it's Immortality. And it was not. It was Pentiment, which I don't agree with. I never finished oh. Pentiment, but the story really drags in Pentiment. Interesting. Um, have you played on Immortality? No, but I'm extremely keen, again, just waiting for the the mood to hit me because it's like, you know, it's like a lot of watching and not a do, lot of playing. Do we put it on the list for our next game club game oh, month? I, I mean, I, I'm really interested, but I don't want to put other people through that because it's not like very video gamey i don't know it's up to you you're you've 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 got the list this month so if you want to put it on there it's it's your prerogative (laughs) all right um i have to find where the list is oh yeah it's this list here yeah yeah yeah. okay 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 all right i'll think about it all right um yeah okay cool cool cool. um we just did best narrative right yeah cool best technology a plague tale requiem Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, or Horizon Forbidden West? I mean, gotta be Ragnarok, right? Best technology. Yeah. Yeah. They did a bunch of cool stuff in that, but I don't know. Best is such a weird word. Anyway, best visual (laughs) art, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Pentiment, or Stray? How did Pentiment get in this list? Um, I gotta go Elden Ring for art. Yeah, they won art. Yeah, like, nice. man, some of the fucking vistas in that game. Good, goodness gracious. Yeah, there was a while ago on TikTok where people were, like, making these, um, like, stylized videos where they would, like, get into, like, a combo with Melania or whatever, and then they would slow the footage down right as she did, like, some crazy move and, like, right. you know, blow out the bloom and stuff and make it look really cool and looked really visually striking. And I kind of agree, like... A lot of the moves and attacks in that game were really cool. Mm, for sure. Uh, Innovation Award. Elden Ring. Immortality. Neon White. Pentiment or Stray? Gotta be Neon White. No, it's Immortality. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. see, I, I'm kind of blackout on Immortality, so I just know it's probably something I'm going to love, but I don't actually know that much about it. That's cool, though. Yeah. Uh, Social Impact Award. As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper, a Endling, I Was a Teenage Ex-Colonist, or Ollie, oh, Ollie, Ollie World, or We Are OFK. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there and go for Citizen Sleeper. Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Oh, that's, that's right. awesome. Um, game of the Year, I mean, you probably can guess this, but we'll do it anyway. Elden Ring, God of War, Immortality, Pentiment, Stray, or Tunic? Probs, Elden Ring. Yeah, it's Elden Ring. Okay. All right. So that's uh, that's the uh, the GDC awards. That was uh, fun. We should yeah. we should do that guessing game for future award seasons. Absolutely, um, and we can spend more time on it. Anyway, your news now. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I'll I'll also try and 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 blow through some of this shit. 
Okay, so I just want to give a, an update around the the Zarm shit, which is the developer for Disco Elysium. Um, so they released a statement saying that all the original players, you know, Kurvitz and Co., um, have dropped their unfair dismissal claims due to lack of evidence. Right. Uh, straight up untrue. So Kurvitz and Co. had to make a statement saying, like, what the fuck are you talking about? We haven't dropped the, the, the claim or anything. And the the studio released a photo mode for Disco Elysium and it okay. seemed like they were really trying to, like, bury the media coverage of, like, the kerfuffle. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, which is just super weird. And um, after Kervitz and Co. were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, Z- Zalm, I still don't know how to say that. They hired a new spokesperson that has hit out at Kervitz and Co. last week. Um, and they're claiming that Kervitz and Co. refused to do their jobs and created a toxic workspace and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically saying there's no proof of an unfair dismissal. Um, wow. And at this stage, it's just dirty laundry. They're just airing that shit out. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, they said, it said, and it's, yeah, uh, like, it's just kind of shit that really should be handled at either the courts or, like, not in public. I don't know. Like, it's it's weird. I don't think yeah. it really does a service to either side. Yeah, right. Damn. Um. So yeah, that's that's that situation. So I remember we did a big lowdown last year in one of one of the episodes of how like it really seemed like curvets and stuff was pushed out based on the information yeah. that we had at the time. Yeah. Um so I will be interested to see if this does get like any time in court or there is a trial or whatever, if we get to learn what actual evidence there is for all this stuff. So Yeah, totally. I guess yeah. yeah. I remember seeing the story and being confused by reading the headline and then I got distracted and decided not to go any further. But yeah, that's, that's interesting that they, that they claimed this and it just wasn't true according to the accused. Yeah. Yeah. Real weird. Real weird mm. move. Um, I got an Epic Games uh, bit of news from last week that I buried my head in the sand about because I mistook Forsaken for Forspoken. Um <laughs> But they've been fined $245 million. Oh. Um, Epic for, Yep. Oh, for, okay. for letting children use their parents' credit cards. Oh. Yeah. So um, I just want to put that in perspective, though. So oh. last year, Fortnite, which is only one of the revenue streams f- that Epic Games enjoys... Made five point eight billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this two hundred and forty-five million dollar <laughs> fine is four point two percent of one of their cash cows' yearly profits. So yeah, this, yeah. this is basically like stubbing their toe. Um, and I kind of really resonate with the idea that fines should be a ratio rather than right. a set mu- like number because it yeah. just makes sense that poor people can't afford fines and billionaires can afford to f- pay the fuck up. <laughs> That's a great solution. I've never thought of that before. Um, but yes, yes. Give me that give me that big billionaire 
um, feast where we eat the rich. Anyway, go on. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving right along. Okay, so this is a rumor and I just wanted to talk about it because we've talked about all that um, Microsoft uh, acquisition stuff with Blizzard. Um, There's a rumor currently circulating that Sony is preparing to purchase Take-Two Interactive who are responsible for GTA. Um, and, I, and I just thought that that hasn't been confirmed, but it had a lot of coverage across various news sites. And I just thought it was really funny that everyone's like jumping on the attack Microsoft button and Sony especially. And then meanwhile, they might just be like trying to also do exactly the same thing, which, you know, is just corporations doing the thing. But I thought it was ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, final piece of news that is unrelated to video games, but I've been sitting on this for fucking ages and I just need to vent. So so this first broke maybe three, four weeks ago. Um, Some Roald Dahl books have been rewritten by sensitivity readers to appeal to a more modern audience. Oh, no. And then a week after that, uh, Ian Fleming's James Bond series followed suit. Oh. Um, and, you know, the these sensitivity readers, they went through the books and they removed racial slurs like the N-word, but they, they kept in the classic lines such as all women love semi and the sweet oh. tang of Like, that's been left in there, of course. Um, and then... Morning on this episode, just so that's up. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can maybe bleep that if you Thank like, you. but yeah, um yeah it, it's it's like obscene that sen- sensitivity sensitivity readers would like re-release a book and leave that shit in yeah yeah um and then if in a more perplexing uh development Ursula K Le Guin's publishers have also followed suit and like. Um, Ursula K. Le Guin is like this huge sci-fi writer from the 60s. Um, she's, she wrote over decades and decades, but like her book, Left Hand of Darkness from the late 60s, um, was about exploring like gender issues and like non-binary civilizations on other planets. And it's just like so loose that these publishers are now basically using sensitivity releases as free marketing. Right. And it just like completely misses the point of like why literature is important to me. Like if you go through and change everything from a time period, like you don't get to look back and understand what, led to things being that way within right. that time period. And yeah. it's like really important to look back at these Ian Fleming books and be like, oh, right. So, you know, Ian Fleming was a misogynistic prick and a yeah. racist. Like it's important to realize that in the 50s, that was pretty common and we've progressed from there. And yeah. so trying to re-release that stuff uh like by removing it and uh, I don't know, it just fucking rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had no idea that this was a thing that was done, but yeah. Right. I mean, it's only just started a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's probably why I've never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it just feels like a weird 
marketing ploy because like a bunch of authors are coming out and uh criticizing it you know like i think um i can't remember the author but there was an author whose publishers also did this and like the author went out on twitter was like hey just so you know i don't have anything to do with this i disagree with it blah 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 um and the publishers have just like they're in control of the edit and the final release and they've just gone ahead and done it um but yeah i will i will blurb out um those words I said before, just in case they're triggering for some people, but I just thought it was worth bringing attention to that, like, you know, they're not even doing it properly. Yeah, right. What what the fuck kind of sensitivity reader, which is just (laughs) a fucking hoax role in itself, goes through a book and removes, like, the racist things and not the misogynistic things. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it sort of reads as a like you say it reads first and foremost as like a publicity thing right that's a way to get marketing on a on a piece of lit that's been around for a long time and that they're potentially trying to re-spin up again and earn some dollars um, and and appeal to a broader audience right with the whole we've released this and now it's readable for everyone Mm. um which is kind of bonkers but anyway and then yeah the part where their sensitivity reading and editing out only certain aspects um feels as though there's some agenda they're trying to put out right like whatever agenda the publisher may have they clearly have feelings about certain things and not other things right and so that 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 editing um of specific elements seems fairly intentional um and so you know you're, you're left with like something that, like you said, it's kind of a bullshit thing to begin with, but you're left with like someone's interpretation of what they deem to be s- worth of editing due to sensitivity. Mm. So it's like, what's the end goal here, guys? You know, like, <laughs> what are we, what are you actually saying by doing this? Um, mm. You know, yeah. you, are you saying that you, that you think this is okay, but this isn't? Cause that certainly is how it appears to be coming across. <laughs> Right. And it just, it just feels gross. Like Mm. it just feels gross to like go back and change stuff like that. Like part of how we know we've grown as humans is to look at the past and see that things were different, to see that things were worse. And like, you know, I'm, this, this is obviously not a worldwide thing. Not every publisher is going to start doing this, but it yeah. just feels really gross that, like, we've reached this stage where we think it's okay to just go and change that and be like, oh, Ian Fleming was never racist. What are you talking yeah. about? You know, like, yeah, I don't know. It just feels fucking gross to me. Yeah. There's a part of that that is intriguing as well, which is, like, the original works and their rarity now because there's mm. only a certain... You know, like limited edition only really applies to things that have a limited print run, right? But right. now books that were previously not limited edition are simply because they stopped printing all of the original, <laughs> you know? Mm. So mm-hmm. it's like these books are now rare or sought after or harder to find simply because they're no longer being printed with those words in them. So it's like that part is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've been sitting on that for weeks and I've just been, like, fuming. You know, it was Roald Dahl at first and then, like, it just... 
it, it, it just kind of seemed like publishers were jumping on the train because it, you know, f all, all the, the times I saw it in the news, people were up in arms like, what the fuck are you doing? This is, this is a stupid idea. Yeah. Um, like ethically, but yeah, it just seems like publishers were like, actually, you know, this is getting in the news a fair bit. If we just announce that one of our older authors is changing their words, then we get all this news coverage. Yeah. 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 You know. It's all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of things wrong with that too. Anyway, speaking of dystopia, is it time to talk about Citizen Sleeper? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, who went first last time with their little mini essay beginner? Oh man, if you've got a beginner, you you go straight ahead. I'd love to hear it. All right, I've got a beginner. It's a little bit cobbled, um, and so I apologise if I stop midway through and realise that I wrote something wrong or whatever. Anyway, that's all good. Um, so we're playing a fast and loose here. Yeah, we're in a safe zone. Mistakes are welcome. Okay, and they won't be edited later. <laughs> um, Citizen Sleeper. Here we go. Citizen Sleeper approaches you with all the gentle restraint and cautious glee of a nervous dog on your evening walk. It then clobbers you with a medium thickness board game rule set, sparse 3D art and lovely 2D art. The characters appear just as they did. Uh, sorry, you, the characters appear just as you wish your D and D characters did, rendered in glorious pastels with Tumblr famous art artist line work. It's mm -hmm. somber, somewhat cyberpunk, but gentle. Writing a somewhat slippery artistic line. Uh, a few somewhat confusing aspects, sort of like a board game whose rules you missed on the first reading and end up making some odd mistake thirty minutes later. Mm. Consequences for your inadequacies. Consequences for your inadequacies feel somewhat inevitable, but then some do not. It's a nice balance. The game unfolds like an old crusty Nintendo sixty-four pamphlet. Uh, probably not for me. Uh, too much reading <laughs> is what I wrote. <laughs> not enough. Not enough other stuff. The process of uncovering the story is interesting, um, but I would have loved some more bespoke art, locations, character grunts, music, anything. It's just missing vibe. It probably has enough text to carry most folks over that line, but I appreciate it when the art comes to the table, smacks down a fat stack of chits, and grins a devilish grin. The uh, I, I, This is just a couple fi final one-sentence thoughts here. Um, the upgrade screen is a nightmare, and it's plush cyberpunk, is what I wrote. <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I felt overall that I, I was enjoying my time with it, um... Up to a certain point when I realized that there was not really going to be too much extra by way of like, you know, new interesting art locations or like extra mm. bits of music or, you know, even character voices or grunts or dialogue or, you know, it just seemed like the same set of things happening um, over and over with not a great deal of attention paid to some stuff that I feel like they could have really jumped in on. Like the 3D art of the environment was really sparse, like really, mm. really sparse. Yeah. And if you just had have just like made a couple of like nicely rendered backgrounds, it would have been like made a big deal to me. Um, yeah, yeah. So it would have been like a joy to like discover like the slums or whatever, you know, like go check that out. Or the doctor's room and like, oh, wow, it looks different now that she's left, you know, like all the lights mm. are off. Like you just do stuff like that super quick and easy if you've got the right people. Um, mm. And I, I'm sure maybe it's a small team or whatever. But yeah, I just felt kind of I, left in the lurch a little bit visually. I think it was just one person. Right. Yeah, and they probably, like, commissioned someone to do the 2D art for them, I guess. Or they did mm. the 2D art and then commissioned the 3D either way. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, just, it felt very, um, sparse for me and not enough to sort of hold me, hold, hold up what they were doing with the story, which I was enjoying, but it just wasn't enough to drag me through. Right. Oh, dude, that was a great write-up. You, uh, you definitely went more broad than I did. I think I just focused on the kind of story beats, but yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, especially around like the art being a bit sparse and few and far between, but really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just definitely on that aesthetic side and yeah, the, the atmosphere or the vibe just wanting, um, a little bit more. Right. Like it was the, all of the writing was like telling me about all of these things. And then like the, the art was like, oh, the 2D art isn't even there anymore. And now I'm just looking at like, a, you know, a unity asset floating in space. Right. You know? I was like, oh yeah. man, just, I know that like part of the whole thing of like reading is like you get the visual picture in your mind, but mm. just like, give me a, just a little bit, just a little, <laughs> little playing play video game here. And then I yearned for, for Kentucky Route Zero's approach, you know, and then I felt bad <laughs> <laughs> for being so harsh. Oh, um, that's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, good. All right. Well, should I read my spiel and then we'll get Please into do. the thick of it? Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, Citizen Sleeper is an oddly touching exploration of how addicted I am to probability-based gameplay. The developers know me and they understand the power of the dice roll. I love the idea that all my actions are are determined by lady luck and mushrooms. Mushrooms play a large role on this dystopian space station. Characters will prosper or even perish without fungi cultural intervention. And so I dived into the very depths that house the sometimes physical and the sometimes digital mycelium networks of the eye, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, I was so addicted to this game. I, Hell yeah, man. I played nearly 10 hours, like I did the DLC, um, and I beat it in two days, like I was just... Yep. I just could not put it down. And it wasn't really because of the story. Like, I thought the writing was really good. Um, and I thought the characters were cool. But, like, it was the gameplay that right. just kept me going back and rolling. And, like, you know, that whole loop of, like, being in a cycle and juggling yeah. all your quests and time management and, like resource management with you know the value of the dice and yeah i was i was very into it yeah i like that stuff too um although at, like i said at a certain point i just feel like it it kind of ran its course a little bit for me personally like mm-hmm. um i also felt like may, maybe it was just my version of of interpreting uh, interpretation of this but sometimes the dice that i got felt preordained <laughs> does that make sense mm. did you notice that at all <laughs> Where it was uh, like, I, I need a bunch of twos to like access certain things in the eye. And then I would run out of like whatever dice I had. And then the next day I would get heaps of twos. And it'd be like, oh, now I can access the things in the eye. No, okay. no I didn't feel that way. I reckon yeah. you just got lucky. I might've <laughs> just got really lucky. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I, I definitely got unlucky, unlucky a lot. Um, okay. And I happened to choose the class that has a minus one in Intuit. And Intuit was by far the most powerful stat. Like when you upgrade that all the way, once per cycle, you get to re-roll all your dice. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And and that shit is just fucking broken. So like I basically just used all my level ups to get to that. And then I basically 
every run, I just had four or five dice that were five or sixes every single yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and in the beginning, it was really difficult, and I got unlucky and made a bunch of mistakes. And then, like, the second half, I was just, like, this fucking optimized beast. Yep. Yeah. Um, I thought the dice rolling stuff was cool. But, yeah, like I said, it wasn't enough to, like do much more than you know string me through to the next day like mm. uh, i didn't feel the same sort of um weight as i did in like you know disco elysium or something like that where like it has that moment where you like click the, click the button and the dice roll and then there's like a a reveal where you see what the dice turn up as mm. um, it's um yeah there's a lot of emphasis in disco and you get that like flash of red or green and like the sound effect and maybe a tiny bit of screen shake like yeah it definitely feels more impactful yeah um and the other thing as well like i didn't really take too much notice of like which class i picked and their unique stuff um like i said in my little note the upgrade screen felt like a nightmare to me i couldn't interpret what was going on Dude, as soon as you said that in your write-up, I was like, hallelujah, that fucking upgrade screen. Like, I thought it was bugged. I was, I mean, I got to say, using a controller with this game fucking sucked. Everything sucked. Navigation, like, choosing which quest you want to follow, everything sucked. But that upgrade screen, like... I had the ability to upgrade for ages initially and, like, I just couldn't work out how to do it. Like, it was so... I I thought it was bugged or, like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on and I finally worked it out, but it was extremely finicky. Yeah. So, the way that... I've got the screen on my monitor right now and I'll just do a little bit of describing for the the listener. Um, Mm -hmm. So, on the far left, there's some really nice character art um, which is great. And then <laughs> that takes up one third of the screen. And then the final two thirds of the screen is dedicated to this. Um, I don't know. What would you call it? Uh, a, a farmer's playpen of words, lines, and icons. It doesn't really resemble anything like a skill tree. It doesn't really resemble anything like an upgrade path that you would have seen before. Um, there's words on the screen that take up huge amounts of space that, that doesn't, really seem to mean anything um there's large lines dedicated to the amount of points that things take up that seem to be disproportionate to the value Mm -hmm. Um, the three points upgrade i still don't fully understand how that works but it's there (laughs) yeah so you spend three whatever they're called experience points points, and that gives you a plus two right in a stat okay and I mean, the whole thing is like that, right? Like, it's got the the bottom of the screen is the cost and, like, the verticality of the screen is is what you get. But I, it's very confusing, for sure. Like, it's yeah. not as easy as what I've just said. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, like, just a lot of text that could be nested or hidden or changed order. Um, like... So, for instance, the the uppermost one is called uh, it's it's under engineer, which is one of the types of things that you can specialize in, I guess. Right, like mm-hmm. the, like Intuit is the one that gives you more information about what your dice rolls are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, engineering is like working with machines and physical tools. Um, so there's like tasks that you do on the ship, um, and all of this is text based, right? On the ship, you like see like a little icon, you click a thing, and you drag a dice into a box to determine how successful you're going to be. 
um, right. based on various stats and the value of the dice. Mm -hmm. um, An engineer says efficient extractor chance to gain random scrap item on engineer actions. Mm -hmm. um, and then next to it is a zero, a minus one and a plus one. And it's not clear, like, do I have that yet? It's got mm. a zero that's highlighted, but if I click on efficient extractor, does that mean I get it? Does that make it a one or does it make it a plus one? Like I don't, you know. <laughs> and, and so, and then you go to like another skill that you might already have highlighted and you can click somewhere else on it. And I, I don't know, I, I, I still haven't fully de deciphered what this screen does. Um, yeah. So I think by the end I was familiar with it and it made sense. Right. Um, but yeah, the first couple of hours, that screen was super confusing. Um, and like, I played the game long enough that I nearly had maxed out that screen by the yeah, time. The, right. the, well, I should say by the time the credits rolled for like the fifth time. That's an interesting point is like, if you've got a skill tree in a game and the max amount of time that you can spend with the game is playing all of the story stuff, right? Just let's just put that out there and not mm. including if you were to like grind or whatever. Mm. should you be able to max out the skill tree just by playing the story content? I mean, that's like, that's like a core design decision, right? Like yeah. it feels like ultimately I don't think it's replayable. Mm. Um, like I don't really want to replay it. And I think that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, like I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of bad choices and I never felt punished. Like I felt oh, no. bad, which was yeah. cool. Um, but I never felt punished gameplay wise. Um, and that's kind of a bold thing for the developers to do, right? Because all the choices you make in the story sections of the game don't have any gameplay ramifications. Mm. And so they're kind of counting on you to be invested in the characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it could have gone, you know, one of two ways, but for me, it worked really well. And I like decided to be a bit more bold and I decided to like, oh, I can just, I can role play this character. Yeah. Um, and like, I get to make these choices and, it, you know, they're likely not going to end up killing me or stopping the game or whatever, unless it's, you know, super end game. Yeah. I, I like that too. Like, I think that was the part I wrote about saying consequences for your inadequacies feel somewhat inevitable, but then some do not. It's a nice mm -hmm. balance. Like mm -hmm. I feel yeah. that's a, that's a really ham-fisted way of saying that what you just said, but um, yeah, the, there was a part in the game where um, the, it was fairly early on where you're being tracked and mm -hmm. um, the little countdown time, every time you sleep goes up. Ow. Yeah. Stab myself in the nose. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and then um, eventually the, the person tracking you appears and like you have an interaction with them. And if you didn't, you know, manage to like fix whatever it was that was making them track you in time, then you have a, what, what to me, what felt like um, inevitable, but I'm sure, did you manage to remove the tracker? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Yeah. Like you can uh, befriend a bounty hunter to protect you. Yeah. Uh, you can get the tracker removed. Um, and there was one other thing that I can't remember what you did. But, yeah, there, there are a couple of, like, main stories in this game. Yeah. And every time you finished a main story, the credits rolled. So I saw the credits roll four or five times. Wow. Um, which was kind of weird. Because the first time the credits rolled... 
like uh like i guess i kind of liked it because i wasn't sure like when the game ends as i was playing Mm. um like i never ran out of things to do and then yeah when i started making certain choices the the credits just started rolling and i was like oh okay well you know i'm still not done right Um, interesting and yeah i thought that was really interesting because a lot of the time when the credits roll on a game i'm like all right you know that's the uh footnote but yeah in this one i was like man i'm like babysitting mina i gotta i gotta see the end of that you know like i'm not finished with with the eye just yet yeah yeah um but yeah like with the dude who's like hunting you when he showed up for me and i was like oh this is probably going to be end game here right like i probably fucked something up and i'm gonna have to like it's gonna give me a chance to like return and and fix my mistakes but it Mm. didn't and it was like he like struck a deal with me right it was like it could have gone a couple of different ways i felt um but he ended up living on the eye drinking and i had to pick up his tab um every couple of weeks or whatever and that was like a constant source of like oh my money i can't spend it all because i need to pay this guy's drinking tab (laughs) right yeah i thought that was pretty cool Um, yeah and so did you see past that i saw a little bit past that Right, okay. Cause... I got up to the part where I get asked to babysit Mina. Oh my god, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'd, so I'd say that's probably not even halfway through yet. Right. Yeah. Um. Man, so the, yeah, a lot of storylines, like, really surprised me. Right. Um, with how kind of uh, engrossing they were, you know, like the gameplay kept me kind of doing my cycles and that kind of thing. But sometimes the stories were like, Oh shit, I'm prioritizing this one. Like, you know, regardless of the time running out on other stories, I really care for these characters. Yeah. Right. That's Um, awesome. But yeah, there are a bunch of stories that like, um, man, I guess I, like, can I talk about them? Cause yeah, like, yeah. we can go into like a sealed section here. We're sort of approaching the end of the hour anyway. So yeah, you know, like yeah. if you want to log off now or whatever, and you, you're going to play this game, then, then feel free to end it here and we'll see you next time. It's almost the weekend again, but for now we're going to go into secret sealed section. You can talk about spoilies. <laughs> Sick. So, um, I guess I'll tell you like all the choices I got up to where I made a choice and the credits rolled. Sure. Um, so did you get, far in the cyberspace storyline um is that the one where you can like go into the other realm and like hack stuff yeah yeah um i got up to the point where the character said they needed to make a choice about oh sorry to do something about constantly being hunted while in cyberspace right okay yeah so So, probably just the beginning (laughs) yeah yeah so there's basically these um entities that hunt you in cyberspace and like they're all fucked up and they like do their weird like sentinel squid shit from the matrix and it makes your character feel super weird um but you end up meeting this vending machine that is like a form of ai that's developed a personality and basically become the type of construct that those hunters are designed to kill right um and like you you befriend this person and you've got to go and hack all these things and you end up going to like the top of the eye did you ever get um that elevator pass where you go like up to the zero g spot i didn't get to zero g but i started the ascent right so up in zero g there's like a bunch of 
um, story stuff where you're in the physical realm, but there's also a bunch of cyberspace stuff. Right. Um, and there's basically this like supreme cyberspace hunter that, um, you know, holds all the keys and like can kill anyone who enters cyberspace and you end up like, uh, making a few story decisions that like trick that hunter into Mm. like a loop. So that hunter has been like cut off from the rest of the eye and it's basically been developing consciousness, which is like what it's designed to target. And so what you end up doing with this sentient vending machine is like creating this kind of mirror zone. So the hunter sees itself and it's like trapped in this never ending cycle where it's like a for loop. Exactly. It yeah. sees itself. It's like it's sentient. It must die, but it is itself, and it can't yeah. exact yeah. that those specifications. That yeah, very very cool shit. Yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, you end up getting a key by by following that quest. And um, did you ever make it to the mushroom farms? No. Is that on the far end? Like if you keep going up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you keep going up, there's like a whole. There's like a commune, there's a farming section and like a scrapyard, but the cyber space is all blocked out in mm. that um, in that zone. And right. so if you've got this key by doing that quest, you can access cyberspace. And um, there's basically like this digital mushroom entity <laughs> um, that you meet that has the power to sever you from your physical body. Whoa. And, and that was the first choice I came up against. Yeah. It's like, do you want to stay in cyberspace and your physical body will die? Or do you want to go back to your physical body and like continue to live in the eye? And yeah. uh, because that was the first choice I came across, I was like, fuck, I've got so much to do on yeah. the eye. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it. So I didn't do it. Wow. Um, cool. And- That's really interesting. I've kind of wished that I hadn't got up to that. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I that's kind of why I don't want to talk about it because all the mm. stories ended in this incredible way. Yeah. Um, I guess the one story I really want to talk about is Mina and Lem. Okay. Um, because I kind of fucked up. Oh. Um, so I know you're like just started babysitting Mina and that's like the start. It's probably the biggest kind of quest line in the game. Right. Um, but I think that questline has a couple of different different endings. So do you mind if I tell you the ending I got? Because it's pretty brutal. I actually would love for you to tell me the ending. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so basically, uh, Mina and Lem. Mina is this um, orphan that Lem has adopted and they're just trying to survive. Mina's like, I don't know, four or five and Lem's like a factory worker. And Lem just want to get Mina off the eye. Um, You know, he grew up off world. He knows what a storm looks like, what plants look like. And Mina's never seen any of that shit. And like, you know, it's, it's pretty sketchy on the eye where they're staying. And so that's, you know, that's kind of all the motivation you need. And you start, you know, babysitting Mina and forming a relationship. So you're like, hell yeah, I want to help these people. Um, so you you do all these things. One of the big um, things that you do is try and get them um, onto this spaceship 
that is being built on the eye. Mm-hmm. So it's basically this huge spaceship, kind of like in all those uh, prequel alien movies where um, a bunch of humans are going to be put in cryosleep and sent to a planet to terraform. Um, and so you're helping Lem build this ship. You know, you're just part of the many work crews. But if you help build the ship, you get uh, to go in a raffle that gives you a chance to get on oh. that ship as like a um, as like a service personnel. So like right. you don't you don't get to go into cryosleep, but you get to like be on the ship and get to the planet and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, Lem's just like, I really fucking need this. And so you're pulling all these strings to try and get it to happen. Um, And for whatever reason, I failed. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. I don't, like, I don't know what that means for Lem and Mina. Um, And Lem was just, like, really depressed. And he's like, oh, "Oh, I I don't want to talk for a while. Um, And eventually, like, I did a couple of naughty things and pulled some strings. And I was like basically able to um create some fake ids with the clause that i had to be on the ship with them and i would relay um what was going on in the ship's cyberspace back to the eye right um that was kind of the deal yeah and and so uh, you know i do all this shit i get to the point where we're sneaking onto the ship with these ids um, and there's this like one part, you know, your last decision to turn back basically. Mm. Um, and so Lem and Mina go onto the ship and they look back and they're like, you know, let's, let's get going. And like, I'm looking at the ID and I'm just like, man, if I don't go on that ship, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Like I'm basically going to fall through on the deal and I don't yeah. know, they could be killed or something. And yeah. so I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, go onto this ship with them. And, like, you go onto this ship and Mina's like, you know, is are we going to be a family now? And I was just like, oh, my oh. God. <laughs> like, I definitely made the right decision. Yeah. And then, and I thought it would end there, right? Like, you get off yeah. the eye, you, you get Lem and Mina what they want, and it doesn't end. Oh, like, the text just starts fucking scrolling oh, and you're on that ship for decades your body starts falling apart lem dies of old age oh my god (laughs) mina is doing everything she can to keep your consciousness afloat and you fade away before you even know if that ship made it to a planet or not oh cool and i was just like fuck like i got so wrapped up in trying to give lem and mina what they wanted that i didn't really stop and decide like think about what might be best for them i was just like this is what they want i love these guys got to give them what they want and like it was just fucking rough (laughs) yeah yeah that's dope that's so cool man yeah and that's um that's that's how it all ended for me just i yeah i didn't see out of the like you know the working quarters of this ship as like everyone i love died around me and i faded away and i was just like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah 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 that's amazing what a what a crazy way to end this story (laughs) yeah like what happened if you stayed who knows 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened, what would happen to Lemon Mina and like what would happen to me, you know, because mm. I broke the deal with some maybe sketchy people, like maybe they would have gone after me, but Lemon Mina would have been okay. But, you yeah. know, is being on that ship for decades even okay? Like yeah. it was, it was just real messy. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like man i i really liked it and uh shit just really nice small game that did a lot of things right but yeah i think kind of glossing over what you mentioned before like the tutorials the navigation um the quest tracking maybe just because i didn't have a mouse and i couldn't like click on what i wanted to see like it just was a bit lackluster with the controller yeah that's fair yeah i mean yeah, if, if, if there was just a little bit more to, like, bring my short attention span brain along for the ride, I reckon I would have I would have kept in there. It's not to mm. say that I won't keep playing it as well, even though I know a couple of different endings there. It's still really cool. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, like like I said, um, I, I did not like it, you know? Like, I, I had mm. a pretty okay time with the, with the game and the systems and the visuals that were there. It just wasn't enough to, like, you know really grab me at any point and pull me through like it did for you Mm. um so so yeah well shit there you go i thought um if if you wanted um before we we roll the die on your on your games for for next month um i screenshotted like a bunch of examples of the writing that I thought I could read just some really good lines where I was like, oh, that's so descriptive or like that, you know, that makes my imagination go, ah. Yeah, go for it. All right. So these are just going to be completely out of context, but, you know, they've just got some similes or whatever that just fucking hit right. Mm. I installed many of these implants and I didn't enable any of this functionality. Their voice dips under the level of the noise like a swimmer slipping beneath the water. Mm. Oh, mm. that feels so good. Um, you watch Harden as he paces, as he considers his future. What goes on within a mind like that, in the mind of a man who would burn all those around him for a path to some imagined golden end? Very nice. And uh, I've got one, one final one from the uh, the chef running the like mushroom stir fry stall. Yep. Emphas nods throughout, cooking as he does with deft and skillful movements. You start to trail off when you realize you can't find the words to explain how the memories you do have feel like both yours and someone else's at the same time, and how that always fills you with a certain sadness. Uh, very good stuff. Some some great writing in there. Yeah, there is some great writing in there. I remember taking note of a few of them as well. They're, yeah, very very good stuff. Um, um, shit. Yeah. Well, you got any any closing thoughts on Citizen Sleeper? Um, no, I, I think it's um, definitely worth folks' time um, if they want to give it a go. It's on the Game Pass. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fairly low stakes um, commitment in terms of just like oh, let's just give it a go play it for a bit there's not like you need any like crazy twitch shooter abilities or anything like it's a very right. accessible game yeah um yeah and so you know if you like sci-fi and you like that sort of cyberpunky vibe mm. um then it's definitely up your alley 
So yeah, go check it out. That's my closing remark. Yeah, nice. And I would just add to that, push through the tutorials, because when those tutorial screens popped up, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> and uh, once I actually just played the game and made mistakes, I understood it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, they really should... Oh, maybe it's not like a should, it's like a small one-man team or whatever, but yeah, just that first-time user experience of like... Oftentimes playing a board game is best done by just playing the board game, rolling the dice, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then the person who's with you, the game master, can explain the consequences of everything. Doing that yeah. in like a really safe, you know, situation first to give you, you know, like a chance to like, here's how a day works, here's how timers work, all mm -hmm. that stuff would be yeah. really nice to just have a little play instead of clobbering you with that, like I said, medium thickness board game rule set. Oh, yeah, agreed. Hard agree. All right, so on the list for next month's game, club game, <laughs> yeah, uh, we have Norco. Oh, shit. All right, we're revealing the list. Let's oh, we're revealing it. the list. Oh, right. Yeah, let's do it. You know what? Let's do it. <laughs> we have This War of Mine. Oh, okay. We have Pyre. Oh, okay. And we have Immortality. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm very keen on all of these games. Uh, okay, let me roll a d4. Okay, game is Pyre. Oh, okay. So, Supergiant's third entry. Yeah, the lesser known entry, Pyre. I mean, yeah, I've never played it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played it either. I've seen videos of it. It looks like a sport game, right? Um, from what I understand, it's like fantasy soccer. Look, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not right. But um, I have seen some character art that looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, and apparently when I was watching the, the Supergiant documentary, this is a game that they said is the reason Hades exists. There's, yeah, right. There's basically just a jaw-dropping amount of endings and like the dialogue trees that kind of branch out from the choices you make are why they were able to do like all those interactions in Hades and like how certain characters say certain things at certain times like they said the the Pyre production kind of gave them the roadmap to be able to do that in Hades yeah right interesting um so before we move on, uh, Pyre isn't a free game on the Game Pass. Um, it actually costs a little bit of money. And so perhaps we should, I mean, how would you feel about re-rolling or what do, you, what do you reckon? Do you want to just go for it or? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that. It's a game I'm, I'm pretty keen on and it's pretty old. So, All right. yeah. I'll keep an eye out for sales. And if I can find like an easier way to get like a code for a cheap version, I'll let you know. But, um... All right. Yeah. No problemo. It's not like a $100 game or anything, but yeah, you know, it's it's not f cheap or free either. So Yeah. No, All that's right. that's fine. I'm Sick. down with Pyre. Um, cool. All right, we're going to play Pyre over the next month. And to wrap things up, we got an email. Ooh, we got an email. We got an email. Happy anniversary, darlings. Uh, Jim writes. Oh, it's Jim. Hey, legends. As it's currently almost the weekend, I'd just like to chime in for my token bi-monthly email, this time to congratulate you on such a milestone achievement for the pod. 
For me, these last 12 months have been largely spent in various airports, planes, cars, and buses, and my iPhone storage has been occupied almost entirely due to saving its almost the weekend pods for offline <laughs> playback. <laughs> That's, That's extremely cute. Uh, thanks for the good times, industry insights, personal anecdotes, misquotes, and a steady weekly diet of succulent chicken pieces. It has genuinely made the traveling much more enjoyable. God bless y'all and never stop. Love, Jim. Amazing. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate love, it. Love to hear from you. Love to hear. Um, yeah. Dude, from speaking of Jim, buds. I've been listening to some of his band's stuff. Uh, oh, sick. Give a yeah. shout out. What are they called? Um, 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 Mild Life? Hell yeah. Mild Life. Let me just double check that before I go off because this could be... I mean, this could... It's mild life. <laughs> it's mild life. I got it right. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, really digging it. Uh, it's just kind of on a semi-rotation, semi-frequent rotation in my car, and it just is real cruising and good. Fuck yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, go check it out. I'll check it out. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jim. Um, we hope you and the rest of our listeners have an amazing weekend, and we'll speak to you next time. It's almost the weekend again. All righty. Miss you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.